don't read too much into that. <laughs> I mean, amongst gingers, I'm like, I'm like a daddy, you know. <laughs> but then again, short guys, like among short guys, I gotta be like a 10 among short guys. But bald guys, bald guys are like bald and virile guys. I'm just like losing a little bit. I'm not one of them. <laughs> the best grilled cheese. I actually don't really eat a lot of grilled cheese, so I really have nothing to say on that. Should have left that for a, a funnier comic. Free, be truly free. There's a lot of feeling in that one. I feel one of the hippier people wrote that. Is, is, this, is this like an act out? Free, be truly free? Is that a commercial for one of those pills that you take? Like, it could be for anything, really. Bladder control, I guess. I'd like to be free, but I live in San Francisco. As you know, it's hella expensive here. I'm not gonna fuck with it. Free, be truly free. <laughs> I'm free from this microphone stand. Can you whistle? Who can whistle here? That was from our seafaring days when I was, I used to roam the seven seas, catching cod. Those were the days. Not like you landlubbers, right? <laughs> Did you eat Play-Doh or paste as a kid? Both. I mean, I, I, I grew up in the 70s. That stuff was like nutritious back then. It's totally edible. That's why my gut bacteria is like, grrr, can eat bones and just digest them. Who didn't eat Play-Doh and paste as a kid? You didn't? Oh. Girls, girls didn't. The girls didn't. The girls didn't. This is part of every boy's diet growing up. And it was Elmer's glue, not paste. I didn't eat paste. That's like classier stuff. I ate like the generic Joe six-pack Elmer's glue. Calcium, I think, is in that, actually. Hmm? Yeah. It's good. <laughs> I, uh, I gotta say, I don't actually recall the taste. <laughs> it's probably pretty bland. I'm sure I just did it to impress a girl. Did it work? <laughs> There's no possible health. The worst sound? Oh, God, I know the worst sound. I know the worst sound. See, I work in plumbing, and uh, we were doing the stacks outside of an apartment building. The stack is like where all of your human effluence comes down and goes into the main sewer system underground. So it's that, <clears throat> it's this big pipe out of here. We were fixing it, right, replacing it. We put signs on everyone's door, hey, the plumbers are working here, you know, don't flush the toilet. And we're working there, and we heard this gurgle. 
this gurgle that could have only meant one thing, and we were just trapped under there. <laughs> I mean, not 100% trapped. Luckily, most plumbers are big dudes, but we were two slender gentlemen. So we just got like thin as a motherfucking, you can thinner than, like, thinner than this thing. Just got as thin as fucking possible and let that shit splash all over the place. And that guy ate a lot of burritos and did not chew. <laughs> yeah. So that was just like, hose it down and we're done for the day. Anyone got anything to compete with that? Anything? <laughs> Nothing? Anyone's, what's in second place, right? That's the worst sound. The day you found Jesus. I never found Jesus. I found a motherfucking Jesus a bunch of times, though. I found hella Jesuses. See, I work in plumbing. It's construction. There's a lot of... Which always made me wonder about Trump. Like, he claimed to work in construction, and then he's like, you know, those Mexicans, and like... Who the fucking construction makes fun of the Aztecs and the fucking Mayans, right? I mean, he obviously never been to a job site because there's a lot of fucking Mexicans there. Are you afraid of heights? Yeah, I'm totally afraid of heights. Who isn't? You're not afraid of heights? What do you do, roofing? Are you like Rosie the Riveter doing skyscrapers or something? No. You're just not afraid of heights at a desk job. That's well, like a marketable skill. VR helps you overcome the heights. VR? VR. That's VR. I'm talking about heights where you could actually <laughs> fall and break your ass. Where you get all that vertigo and shit. Heights. Yeah, so it's a good thing I was short, right? Afraid of heights. If I was tall, I'd be falling all the time. Is that why tall people fall all the time? Tall people fall a lot. I do not trust skinny cooks. I don't believe in that. How's that supposed to be funny? Not trust skinny cooks. That seems valid, right? They get exercise or they have metabolisms or something. <laughs> they don't have to be fat. Are you guys like that? Are you guys sizists? <laughs> All judgy because the cook's not fat? Yes. You are? Yes. Be true to yourself. <laughs> My pants are too tight. Hell no, man. I don't like tight pants, skinny jeans, all that shit. I don't get it. How do you move around? It makes my package look bigger? <laughs> Honey, I'm up here. I'm up here. <laughs> makes my package look bigger. It would scrunch it all up. And I, I need generous use of pocket. Like skinny jeans, no way. I used to have a, a fanny pack so I could carry stuff around it, but the zipper broke. I was famous for my fanny pack. Renowned, even. 
And now without that, I got to carry everything in my pocket. So skinny jeans are just out. Last pull. Last pull. This one has an emoji on it. <laughs> my friend Totoro. Is that like a, you know what this is? <laughs> Totoro. <laughs> so more Japanese. <laughs> Totoro. So I'm not into this shit, man. I, I grew up when like Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Mel Blank. Mel Blank, exactly. <laughs> Yosemite Sam. People have accused me of being Yosemite Sam, but by the way, they've said that I'd look like. They used to, yeah, I used to play on this rugby team and when I, I would get fiery sometimes. And then to make fun of me, they would go like, <laughs> Like, like, I was being, like I was being the most angry thing possible. Like, yeah, Maddie, I'm all mad. That was, that was, that's my cartoon reference. I don't know, no, Totoro. All right, that's it for me, Muni Radio. Sayonara. not know who my friend Totoro is. All right, that's, I learned things. It's this, it's this big fluffy thing and there's this little girl and their mom is sick and it's a really good movie. And it's a big fuzzy creature that's like better than a cat. And there's a cat bus in that movie. The cat bus is the best part of that. Uh, well, I'll sh- we'll, sh- we'll watch it sometime. We'll show it on the, on the wall there. It'll be excited. Uh, you're next comedian. I'm excited to see what she does with the hell hat. Put your hands together, everybody, for Jean Yee. <laughs> There's just something about me that screams death metal. <laughs> Actually, was that death metal? FC would know. You seem to know everything. No. Were you the one who knew what Totoro was? Uh, yeah. So a creature, a cartoon creature that showed emotion, like an emoji, right, Sam? Sam, Pam. That was really weird. <laughs> Must be the contact high that I got from just touching the edible that I allegedly was paid in. <laughs> So I regret not um, not applying to the Mutiny Radio Festival. I really, but I hear you get rejected the first year. <laughs> so, so maybe. Oh no! The worst thing about SF now. How am I supposed to make that funny? Maybe if I just stand here awkwardly and not say what I want to say, <laughs> that'll be okay. The worst thing about SF now is that I was mistaken for a Tinder date today. <laughs> I was. Um, I walked. In, I was at an open mic before this, and before this, uh, before the open mic, before this, before this, and a guy walks into the bar and he's like, "Are you Jessa?" <laughs> I'm like, "No," and he kind of snorts and keeps walking, and I was like. I could be a Jessa. <laughs> like, it's possible. And then he walks to the other Asian in the bar. <laughs> and she was Jessa. And then they sat in the front row, and then I tried to make fun of them, and it didn't work out very well, so now I'm here. <laughs> Can I just say, no, not real. You would it's never. I didn't, it, it's been dead for years. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, many years? Two years, okay. Three, no, like one 10, year. 12, 15, 17 years. It's been dead forever. Years. It's like from Russia or something. 
What kind of what kind of animal is this? How did you know that? Do you know your furs? No, I'm just like threatening you with it. Is that okay to do here? I'm not, I'm not sure if it's a, it'd be worse if I had like a beer because then the undercover cops would like get us. But um, I was just, oh my God, it's a fox. Yeah, yeah. How's that for improvisational comedy, guys? I'm just avoiding this because now I'm afraid of it. What I wish my nickname was. Uh, my nickname actually is Jean. Uh, my parents, when I got to kindergarten, decided white people cannot handle your Chinese name, Shiznit. <laughs> <laughs> so they decided to name me Jane. First day of school, dad fills out the form, spells Jane wrong. <laughs> 30 years later, still Jean. <laughs> But like messing up my name for my entire life, nah, that's okay. <laughs> it could have been serious. Like I'm really allergic to penicillin. Uh, my throat swells up, I can't breathe. Why is that so funny, Mr. Cashbox? <laughs> There's always one person in the audience who like, oh, you guys, that was, that was not improvisational. That's okay though, I gotta get laughs somehow. So. <laughs> There's always one person who thinks that like my deathly allergy to penicillin is funny. It is kind of funny. That's the worst thing about SF, <laughs> my allergy to penicillin. My throat swells up and I can't breathe. More importantly, I can't eat uh, chocolate, men, uh, or edibles. <laughs> so like, what if I had to go to the hospital? Oh, good timing, dude. Okay, I'm the only one who thought that was good timing. So <laughs> what if I had to go to the hospital and my dad had to fill out the form allergic to penicillin? I'd get to the operating room, the doctor would be like, wait. Clear the room of pencils. <laughs> no, penicillin pencils, no, no, damn it. <laughs> the best joke is the one you have to explain. <laughs> Let's get uh, Jen on the operating table. Use the short table, she's two foot five. And while you're at it, can you give her the white people eyelids? The entire spectrum. <laughs> Pam laughs and you sigh. <laughs> oh, that, okay, let's move away from Island to you guys. Island's works outside of San Francisco. Oh my God, did you empty the cash bucket? No. I'm gonna grease my hand later and try to. <laughs> the scariest robot future sequence. I, nah. Was it Robocop? <laughs> what do you want to change about yourself? Oh, I'm always like, you know, I could lose like 35 pounds. No, <laughs> no, like, I think I don't have terrible self-esteem. I think I'm okay. Um, I'm like a four, let's be honest. 4.26 if you count my honors classes. <laughs> But I do have a vajayjay. It's always fun to watch reactions to this. <laughs> That's the second slow clap I've gotten for that one. <laughs> slow clap vajayjay. So sometimes I have to bat away a dick. Mostly figuratively. <laughs> but like, I'm a four. Can you imagine being a 10? Be like working the speed bag at a boxing gym. 
Well, hello, welcome. Hi, you guys just missed my dick joke. That's okay, plenty more to come. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what I think when my mom talks to me. Oh, you guys, I just moved back from Hong Kong. I grew up somewhere much more glamorous, Fremont. <laughs> and I just moved in with my mom. And my mom likes to tell me the best thing. She's like, when you were a kid, so ugly. <laughs> He's like, she, and this is true. This is all true, you guys. Comedy is tragedy plus time or not enough time. So he's like, you're so ugly. You're dark skinned. Oh, racist Chinese. Okay. Dark skinned, skinny, and so dry. So I was dark skinned, skinny, and dry. Like, what did she want? A light skinned, fat, moist kid? <laughs> okay, to say now, you look normal. Almost. <laughs> yeah, she does that. She's like, thank God you turned out kind of normal. <laughs> like, you're such an ugly kid. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks, Mom. She also likes to say, what does she say? Um, I'm a teacher. Hashtag failed Asian. <laughs> and uh, I used to have favored child status. Like, between me and my brother, I used to be like Canada. <laughs> and now I'm like North Korea, <laughs> full of hot air, probably need an updated haircut. <laughs> My mom, like, she's like, but your brother, real Asian, work for tech company. <laughs> and so tall, five foot four. <laughs> There's someone who really likes that one back there. Which app do I need to delete? Tinder, because I'm not Jessa. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> Want to know every thought I had today? No. <laughs> you don't want to know every thought that I had today. Did I have any fun thoughts today? Nope. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Oh, this is a great one, Pam. Live, laugh, and love. And let that show you that Pam has a writing, has a master's in creative writing. Has <laughs> that alliteration? Do you see that, bitches? Live, laugh, and love. Don't fuck with this woman. Have a nice night, MG. <laughs> I actually wrote that one down to make fun of those people. I was hoping that someone would be like, live, laugh, love, fuck that fucking book. That one that says, I'm 40 and I'm gonna go figure out my life in Italy and then in, in India and wherever else the fuck she went because she had money. Fuck you. Go to India. Guy can't even afford to go to Daly City on the BART. That's like six bucks. Come to my open mic in Daly City. Fuck you. I don't have six bucks. I'm... They give you this a 50 cent now thing on the card. You swipe the card and now you got to get, they're like, we want to track you on that weird little clipper card. So don't use these, maybe it has something to do with that universe. I don't know. Maybe those little BART cards are ruining the environment and it's like all this weird magnetic stuff. Your next comedian will know because he works for Greenpeace. And I don't 
know what I don't even know what the bad things in the world are. Uh, but we're gonna find out. He's a hilarious guy. You guys are gonna love him. Put your hands together for Rolf Scar. Thank you, Pam. My God, the hat. It's like a uh, fucked up stoner Trivial Pursuit game or something. You ever played the old school one? I like the old blue one. All the rest of the versions after that, the Trivial Pursuit, no way. I was looking for the science of nature because I'm good at that. Come on, give me a green. <laughs> give me a green. Something about frogs. I can nail it. All right, this is going to be my favorite nonsense word. Oh, okay. My favorite nonsense word. Uh, I'm, uh, I made one up. It's bullshit and uh, malarkey put together. I call it bullarkey because I think it's like a double hit when I hear something that's stupid. I say, that's a bunch of bullarkey. And it, you can alliterate with it. It's a bunch of bullarkey. And you don't have to curse. You don't have to say bullshit in front of children. So that's, that's my favorite nonsense word right there currently. I also like to, uh, I'm an atheist. So instead of saying holy smokes, I've just dropped the holy part. And I just go, smokes! And uh, you should try it because somehow it hits a little harder. It's just, you know, because you get right to it. Like, holy smokes, that sounds dumb. But if you're like, smokes! Like that is, it actually gets people's attention. They're like, is there fire? Is there smoke? What's going on? So you can use that one. I want to spread that one around. We don't have to, we don't have to bring God into that. Okay. Are you still a shit talker? Oh my. Yeah, I got to dial it back a little bit sometimes. You know what I mean? Shit talking is, but I think it's, it's cheap. It's too easy to shit talk at work or whatever. You know, you're like, oh, the boss is this and that and that. I think shit talking is uh, good in sports, you know, and in social circles, but you got to leave it out of the, the, professional, the professional realm. Uh, I'm going to keep just, I'm going to go to the bottom. I think that's where some good ones are. There we go. All right. Every Ming flashes for a season. You guys help me out with that? You went to the bottom, dude. It's my fault for going to the bottom. Well, I mean, I'm in favor of flashers. I think I just admire their, their the chutzpah, you know, of flashing. I, I, I don't do it myself, but I'm figuring if you're going to run out onto that golf course, do you see that? The Waste Management Golf Tournament? It was somewhere in Arizona. The only reason I know this is because I went to Arizona like the couple days later and they were still talking about it. Waste management is the biggest trash company like in the world and they have a golf tournament and golf tournament is what you think if the biggest trash company had a golf tournament, it's chaos. And this dude just buck naked, because usually golf is like, shh, quiet, you know, and everything's quiet and everyone's like talking hush tones. But this is just like, woo, it's a big party. And this naked guy ran out onto the golf course and there was no security. So he just like rolled around for a while. <laughs> and then, it was pretty funny. It'd be funnier than this show. He's like, uh, he practices putt, but he didn't have a club or anything. He was just out there nude. And uh, people filming it were like, where's the security? Where's the security? But they're like, also, this is going to be a great video for my Instagram feed. <coughs> All right. Made something out of that. Drag queens are awesome, is what it says. Yeah, I think so. I did a comedy show one time in a uh, drag queen bar. I don't think it exists anymore. It was in the Tenderloin, and it was super fun. But uh, the last thing I remember was being mostly nude, uh, speaking of flashing, outside smoking hash with a lot of folks. And uh, I don't know what happened after that. But the, but <laughs> the audience was great. Uh, the participate, you know, because listen, I mean, folks uh, need to do what they want to do. And I think the more people embrace whatever freaking stuff they got going on, uh, the better. <laughs> Call your mom. Oh, man. Right now? She's sleeping, probably. Uh, my mom is great, though. 
Uh, my mom is Norwegian. She came from a shithole country. Uh, <laughs> it was a shithole. And then they got oil, and then they got smart, and they nationalized that shit. Instead of giving all the profits to Exxon, they put it into like education and healthcare and stuff like that. But it was a shithole when she was there. So she moved over to the United States, married my dad. Her name's Runa, R-U-N-A. And then later when she grew up, she realized um, that she was a lesbian, and she hung out with this other woman who also moved over when Norway was a shithole country, uh, who's also named Runa, and now they're both married. And it's beautiful, uh, and she's still not a U.S. citizen. My mom's kind of a hero. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's pretty great. Anyway, she could, I could tell you more about my mom, uh, and I'll call her tomorrow. Thanks for the reminder, Pam. <laughs> All right. Scariest thing right now? Okay, scary. Oh, he's What's the scariest thing right now? Oh. Trump? Okay, I thought you'd say that. <laughs> Same vote. <laughs> Says Trump again. Anyone uh, not? Is that not the scariest thing for somebody? Oh, God damn it. All right, we got Trump, Trump, Trump. I think uh, on, a, on a personal level, uh, scariest thing is just decision making in general. You know, you, you ever have that? Just sort of like, I had that moment where uh, I, was, I was doing laundry and I was trying to figure out like, Am I gonna put the colors in with the with the light colors? Am I gonna put my towel in? Like I got paralyzed for a second there. And the scariest thing, because sometimes when you put the towels in with the socks, the, the little pieces come off and they stick to the socks. And anyway, it's not a big deal, but it was scary that I got fucking paralyzed by that. And I thought decision making is only gonna get worse as time goes on and I get older and older. All right, uh, <laughs> abortion's cool. I felt like we had one earlier that was like that, Pam. Uh, abortion's cool. Uh, listen, uh, for people that uh, you know oppose abortion, uh, I want to talk to them about this when we're in line. You know, well, like when you're in the TSA line or you're waiting to get into the, the ballpark or you're stuck in traffic and be like, look, what if half these people weren't here? You know, because like, <laughs> I think it might be too many. I think it, it could be too many. I'm not saying don't have babies. Go ahead, have babies. It's fine. I'm not going to have them. Uh, it's, I'm not judging you if you do. I'm just saying that, in general, there might be enough of us now. Like, we might have enough people, you know? And it's okay if the human race goes on, but, uh, but I don't think we need to uh, be fruitful and multiply. That was, like, the one thing we did from the Bible. Like, <laughs> all the other commandments and things, we just ignored. We just we keep shooting each other, killing each other. <laughs> Coveting each other's wives and husbands all the time and like be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, we check that off the list. Let's move on to the other ones, please. Okay. Uh, my hand hurts. Can you still read these? <laughs> oh, Pam. You got a brace or something you can put on there? Handwriting's pretty good, actually. It's youthful. This is youthful uh, handwriting. It sort of looks like um, the kind of middle school, high school kind of like, uh, you know, you kind of, I guess that's where we, that's when we used to write. You know, now we just type. I tried to write the other day. I was like, what the? I had capital letters. I was writing in all caps. And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? And then it switched to cursive. And it was just like garbage. So the one thing I know how to write now is my signature. You know, when you got to sign for a bill or something like that. But writing is a lost art. I guess we should try that again sometime. Sorry about your hand. How do you feel about disco? Okay, now this is controversial. How do you guys feel about disco? Okay, and the detractors. There's a in the corner. All right, because this used to be a thing because like like metal people would like destroy disco records and run over them in stadiums and things. It was like an anti-disco movement actively in the 80s. I'm old enough to remember this. 
Uh, I liked it. I like it. Because here's why. I'm going to bring my mom back into this. She's from Norway. And uh, I grew up listening to uh, my dad, who listened to Stones and Led Zeppelin and all that stuff, classic rock, uh, Chuck Berry, stuff like that. But my mom was straight up just ABBA, like, all the time. And I know, like, words to ABBA songs that no one ever plays. They were, like, on the vinyl records you used to play. And, and if, if someone's playing one for some reason or it's being sampled in a song... I'll totally just start singing along with it, not knowing I know the B-sides of, of ABBA. So there's something there. Uh, being born in the 70s, I think maybe I heard it while I was in the womb. All right. I didn't cheat. I didn't look. You guys, I know. You're like, is he looking? Uh, I, I pulled this one. The best way to die. Oh, man. The best way to die. I think there's two different questions here. Best way to die, like, uh, accidentally or not on purpose, and the best way to die, suicide. I think there are two different ways to do that. I was thinking about suicide the other day, not because I want to kill myself, but I was like, what? Because some people kill themselves. I'm like, that sounds shitty. Like jumping off the bridge, you know, you can fucking live. That would be horrible. That's worse than just regular living and jumping in front of buses and shit. And like now you ruined, like, can you imagine you're the train driver? And this happens a lot for train drivers. They have to just watch and they can't stop because, you know, they don't, the trains don't stop that quick. And then you just ruin that person's life. And so I was thinking, there's got to be a better way. And I was thinking eaten by a bear. And here's why, because <laughs> first of all, like a big bear, not some fucking pussy ass like a, a black bear in the Sierras. I'm talking about go up to Alaska. Go get a big-ass Kodiak, you know, and just, you know, rev him up, slap him in the face a few times. And he's going to slap your head off so quick, it'll be done in a second. And then he's going to eat you, and then you'll be a bear for, like, a little bit until he poops you out. And I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> sharks, too. When people get scared about sharks, I'm like, that's a fucking badass way to go. Are you kidding me? And we don't get eaten up by sharks anymore because they rescue us too quick. Did you know this? There's still lots of great whites out there. They bite you, and then they go, they wait for you to bleed out before they finish it. That's super smart because they're eating elephant seals and stuff. And elephant seals will fuck you up once you bite them. You know, they'll come back with teeth and stuff like that. So shark just waits for you to bleed out and now they rescue you. I like the old days where, the, you know, you didn't get rescued. You just got to be part of a shark. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then ocean poop. Like, we don't even know what happens to ocean poop. It goes down, right? Gets eaten a little bit by fishes. But then what? It's like, Two miles down there, you're in the Mariana Trench. Who knows what's going on down there? That's a good second life. Okay, the grossest thing you've ever seen in the Tenderloin. All right, I know what this is, actually. I wanted to make a joke out of this, and it's not a bit yet, but uh, uh, so I, I ride my bike everywhere, and I was riding my bike through the Tenderloin, and uh, ever noticed that pigeons are different depending on the neighborhood that you're in? So, like, I live kind of upper hate area, and on the hate, you know, they're fucked up pigeons. You know, they're not... They never have all of the toes, you know? <laughs> and, but then you get to the tender, and you go up, like, uh, Ashbury Heights. You walk up to those hills. They're not even pigeons anymore. They're like morning doves, you know? Like, <laughs> fucking, I swear, you could do this. I'm not lying. But they're like, coo, coo. And they don't eat fucking hamburger wrappers or anything. And they sit in trees. Pigeons don't even fucking sit in trees. You see a pigeon in a tree, you call the rescue. Like, someone, someone rescue this pigeon out of this tree. <laughs> Put him on top of a quarter store <laughs> where he belongs. Uh, in the Tenderloin, I was biking. And usually in the Tenderloin, you really, really ought to keep your wits about you as a biker because traffic laws, you know, are a little bit sort of fuzzy. And, and also, <laughs> you, get, you get runners is what I call them. Just the folks that are like, burp, 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 like right through the intersection. And even though their arms don't move when they walk, their legs, <laughs> it's fast. And, and, they, and they, they, it's always in the middle of the intersection and usually behind a van or something. So they just shoot out suddenly. 
So you really got to have your wits about me. But this one time, I was dealing with all that. And then in the middle uh, of the intersection, there was a pigeon, right? It was dead, right? And of course. And then there was another pigeon. And the other pigeon was eating the dead pigeon. It was eating the dead pigeon from the cavity, like the, the chest. And it was like, there was red stringy things. I was like, God damn. Holy shit, there's something about a pigeon eating another pigeon. This horrified me. And of course they eat other pigeons. I just had never seen it before. I've seen a hawk eat a pigeon. That's fine with me. Something about a fucking pigeon eating a pigeon. There's perfectly good burger wrappers lying around. Why are you eating one of your own kind? And do you know what that pigeon has been eating its whole life? Crack, cr crack craps. Like, you're, this is not free rate. This is not healthy for you, pigeon. Anyway, uh, that's why they get all oily in the tenderloin. That's why they get all oily. They've got this, yeah, it, it's bad diet, and uh, it shows. Okay. All right. Stop for death. Okay, listen. Stop for death. What is that? Stop for death. Well, I mean, we all have to stop for death, right? Yeah, I know. I'm just attracting some dark ass energy tonight. Stop for death. Yeah, we gotta stop for death. I mean, we, we gotta like uh, go for life, though. I think more importantly, and we do that by stopping for death. I mean, I don't want to get too serious here for a second, but you know, you meditate on death every day, and then you live your life a little better. And I think that's okay. Yeah, there's almost nothing worse than maybe living forever. And so let's uh, let's make the most of Mutiny Radio here tonight. <laughs> Last pull. All right, it's a long one. Let's see what it says. I don't know anything about the affair with Pastor Greg. <laughs> Who's Pastor Greg? I definitely don't know anything about the affair with Pastor Greg. Here's the thing, though. If you're having an affair with Pastor, it's probably a good time, you know, because this guy is probably pretty tightly wound. I remember I lost my virginity uh, to, a, to a woman I met at the, the youth, uh, what, what do you call it? youth group, you know, in, in church. So, yeah, lots of people get freaky in church. That's why a lot of people go to church to begin with. They pretend, but no, that's a place you get freaky. And, uh, and so Pastor Greg, you know, and whoever did the affair with him, I'm for it. I'm for it. Give it up for your host, Ham Benjamin. Thanks so much. Everybody. Yay! He's back. He was on a long hiatus saving the world, but now he's back. It's a comedy, and we're excited. Your last comedian, you guys ready for your headliner? He is a gem, a joy of the San Francisco comedy scene. He is totally hilarious, and I have no idea what he's going to do with this basket, but we're going to love it. Everybody put your hands together for FC Sierra. Yay! I, uh, I, for one, oh, it's a sweater. But I don't know why I had to, I don't know why I, why I had to correct you there. Uh, I had like a long time in my life, like when I was going to college, if I would like carry something that I was reading, people were like, oh, what you reading? I'd be like, a book. And I'd realize like in time, oh, I was an asshole. And I just didn't, I didn't know. But yeah, it says pyrotechnics for beginners. Uh, I'm not here to to pump this brand. My girlfriend has like eight of these shirts, so uh, I've already contributed enough to that company's success, uh, I believe. Uh, happy to be here. I am also happy that Rolf is back in comedy. I think that's an honor. Yeah, it's great. I saw him, if you don't know what the OMG nightclub is, it's a very, uh, it's a very upstanding, very, uh, 
dirty homosexual uh, bar. Like, it doesn't cater to clean homosexuals. You don't go there if you're, a, if you're a nice gay guy and you take showers every day. No, you don't go there. You go to another spot that's a little bit, like, nicer gay. But uh, anyway, I was there at an open mic, and they happened to have that day. I don't know if it was just like they were planning on having it right in front of the, the dirty gay nightclub, but they had one of those uh, big buses that you could go and have like your AIDS test or your chlamydia or syphilis test in that thing. It's sort of like a bookmobile, but for AIDS. Uh, but they had one of those outside that club, sort of, I think, just catering to the clientele. And I saw Rolf uh, with his bike, and he biked past there. And I was like, oh, is that Rolf? And I, I hadn't seen him in a couple of years, so I got excited. And then he didn't acknowledge me at first. He kind of like turned and kept going, so I was like, oh, shit. I just busted in on him trying to go to the AIDS bookmobile, and now he's gonna have to enter the comedy game again just to cover up the fact that he wanted to get his free prophylactics. But, but obviously it's not that, so I'm happy about that. Cheers to Rolf. Difference between Catholics and Lutherans. Is that you, Pam? You know when like someone asks you a question enough and you're just like, I take that as a challenge uh, to a lot of things in my life. Obviously, I don't. I know that the the Lutherans were the people they they put the they put the paper on the front of the church. And they're like, hey, read this fucking paper, and people are like, well, they already gave us the Bible. That's like a bunch of words on that, and they were like, no, this paper's more important. Uh, and then they just made a religion off it, and apparently they don't have hell. I know that they don't have hell. Catholics. I was raised Catholic, uh, so you, you learn about hell before you learn about heaven. Like, you don't know anything that's going on good if you, if you die. You're just like, oh, you want, you're going to go to hell if that happens. It's never like, oh, you can go to heaven if you do this. It's like, no, you're probably going to hell. Uh, but, but you could do some good stuff for the church before then, and so that's nice. Service. Uh, Lutherans. I don't know. Like, I feel bad for the Lutherans, too, because, like, Jesus, most famous Jesus ever, right? Jesus, most famous Jesus ever, the founder of Lutheranism, uh, Martin Luther. He's not even the most famous Martin Luther anymore. Like, he doesn't even get to have that. He made a whole fucking religion. There's, like, 500 million people that have to go to the Lutheran church, and they're just like, you're not going to hell anyway. And they're like, why don't we even come here? But they still go. They're Lutherans. And then he doesn't even get to have the fame from being the best Martin Luther. Everybody's like, but he didn't even fuck like Martin Luther King did. It's like he didn't even have the extra stuff. Which is, by the way, uh, the coolest thing about Martin Luther King and Gandhi uh, is when you find out that they were also into a lot of sex. Because uh, it feels like it would be exhausting. I don't think about like peace and sex at the same time. And they had like enough of a multitasking mind that they were, it was like a dolphin. You know when they're able to stay awake because they have the two brains, they just switch to a brain and they're like, oh, peace, love, give me some orange juice. And then he's like, no, I want to sleep next to my niece. Gandhi, not Martin Luther King. Not Martin Luther King Jr. Not Martin Luther King Jr. Gandhi slept next to his niece. He says he didn't, he says he didn't do anything. I've heard he says he didn't do anything. Still weird. And also, 
also just like the conversation with the niece too. Like even if they weren't having sex, they'd have to be awake next to each other in a bed for at least 40 minutes before you fall asleep. What do you talk about? What do you talk about? Like what do you talk about with a 13 year old niece of yours? Like, oh, that's, that's a great birthday party last week, wasn't that? Oh my God, what a pinata. Uh, they probably didn't have pinatas back in colonial India. Uh, or maybe they were filled with something else, just like a, you know, despair or whatever. But uh, it was generally not happy before he did his stuff. But he still slept with a niece. Like, he's still, like, I don't, it's like when you th try to think about what would Tom Hanks have to do for me not to like Tom Hanks anymore? I don't know if he could do anything. Like, I don't know if, if Tom Hanks came into this room and killed all of us, I'd be like, God damn, what did we do? It's like, I'd instantly, like, I'm gonna blame the victim in this situation because Tom Hanks is on my side. I know that it's, he's my Santa Claus. Uh, if I could just put cookies, he's a diabetic also, yeah. Tom Hanks, diabetic. <laughs> you know, that's almost as bad as sleeping next to your niece. But, uh, but so is my dad, diabetic, not niece sleeper. Uh, really, really got off track here. Uh, are your dreams boring? I've been wanting to talk about this for years, uh, but I didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do this in the guise of going up and telling jokes at a comedy show. So because it came out of that, Hell hat, uh, which is obviously named for that, because if you've ever worn that hat, you deserve to go to hell, for sure, uh, for the death of that fox and for the fashion. Uh, that's a double. I'm sorry, Pam, it's a lovely hat. I'm sure you look great in it. Uh, but I've been wanting to talk about my dreams for years. I have issues with my dreams. Do you have extraordinary dreams, ma'am? Really? Do you, ha do you remember your dreams? Do you smoke like too much weed too? That's what my doctor said. He said, you smoke more weed, you remember your dreams less. And it's just like, well, I also, uh, if I don't smoke weed, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be feeling a lot more murderous just in general in my life. So in my day waking, I don't wanna go angry, but, but I get dreams too. Uh, and it's, it's mostly like, you know when people have dreams and they tell you about their dream, they're like, oh, I had a dream uh, and I walked into this empty room. Uh, it, it was empty, but it was like a color. I can't describe the color. But it, people never describe, but you, you accept it in the dream. And I walked in there and it was my dead mother and, and it was amazing. And I got to talk with my dead mother for, for 15 minutes. And then the guy from Stranger Things came out and he said, that's not your dead mother. This is a Tide commercial. And then you're like, wow, that's amazing. That's, wow, that, that's a weird, that's a, you got a lot going on in your life. Uh, but with me, it's just like, I'll have dreams where it's just like, I'm in the dream. You always accept that, like, if you're in a dream and you have fins, you're just like, all right, I gotta, I guess I gotta deal with these fins. You never like go figure out how to use the fins. You're already mid, mid fin. You never have to like, the first, the first 30 minutes of the superhero movie is already over by the time you're in the dream. Like you're already fucking Spider-Man. You don't have to have your dead uncle die or whatever or anything like that. So you gotta, you gotta be in that world and you accept it. And the only time, like I've had this dream seven times in my life where I am in my life I am in my regular, regular day, and cottage cheese doesn't exist. <laughs> I know this in my head, and cream 
cheese. I've had both. I don't know what the difference is if, if I had a different body chemistry. Cottage cheese or cream cheese doesn't exist. I'm in the dream and I know this. I don't even ask. People aren't talking about cream. Oh, do you hear all the cream cheese disappeared? What the fuck? We have to, we'll make a mystery out of this and then it's Scooby-Doo style. Not even that. It's just like, oh, it's not even like I come across a bagel or a can of peaches or anything like that. It just, it doesn't exist. And then I go on with the rest of my day. It's not even good. Like, I've had dreams. One time I worked a double shift at my sandwich making, which when you're working a double shift, you want it to have meaning, not just double the sandwiches you made your previous day. Uh, so it's not really completionary, but I had a double shift at my sandwich making job. I went and did comedy, so I felt worse. And then I went home and I fell asleep for eight hours where I dreamt an entire shift at my sandwich making job. And then I woke up and I had to go to the next shift again. Like I worked four fucking shifts in like 25 hours. I don't know how I, and it was just, it wasn't even like extraordinary sand. Oh God, the, the toaster's burning everything today. We gotta figure this. No, regular sandwich. Enjoy this thing I make every day. Enjoy this thing that I make every day. Not, not extraordinary. Not extraordinary. And like, do you think Martin Luther, like, king, important one, uh, do you think he really had that dream? It's just, no, it's just like, if it, if it was like a dream, like he's making a metaphor out of it, and it's like, oh, I have a dream, sort of like, I have a hope, I have a wish, I understand that. But if he really had that dream, he must have been like, like he went, he goes down, and he, he goes to his regular life, and he just sees white people, and black people, and Chinese people, and they're interacting, and they're just being regular, and then he just dreams that for like three weeks, and it's just like, fucking jump rope, somebody driving a car, and you're like, oh, how's it going, guy riding a car? And it's just a dude that looks different than you. And he has that for like six weeks, and he's like, god damn it, I gotta come up with something out of this thing. Uh, you know, everybody in there looked different. There was kids, and there was adults, and they were looking different, and then they were also living. So it's not like I had, it's not like a meaningless dream. It's actually something that I could base my quasi-religion on. Uh, and it's beautiful, and that's what we have now. That's America, built off probably a dream. <laughs> oh man! Or it says, oh wham. Or it says, oh ma, like a, like a fish gel. I'm sorry, Gene. You've mentioned being Asian. I was looking at Asian restaurant. Uh, I, I know you're Asian anyway, no offense. Uh, but you've mentioned uh, that you are Asian. I was looking through an Asian menu, the best Asian restaurant in Daly City. And in the Bay Area last night, they have fish mob, fish jaw. I don't know why I pointed at the one Asian person that I saw, but fish jaw, it's a thing. Oh, man. I, I just got myself into this position, didn't I? Oh, talk about oh, man. Oh, Fish maw. Why go through all that trouble? That's a great point. Uh, that's a great point thing that predicted what I was going to say before. Uh, but really, like, by the end of life, are you going to just hit the point and be like, oh, I'm going to die?
died when I was 27. <laughs> like, what, what was the whole point? Like, people, when they die, when they're, I'm already 28, passed it up. Like, people, when they die, when they're 27, they're like, oh, it goes on the list, 27 lists. Uh, they could have been great, but not Kurt Cobain, Janis Joplin, Mama Cass. Jimi Hendrix. Maybe Winehouse. 27, 27. Meanwhile, really? You see, you got you get to be in that list. Even if you have no talent, people were like, oh my God, he had potential. It was just that three years left before he became 30 that he would have turned into something. And then you could just get to the end of your life. You could have kids that are already dead and you have to watch all of that. And then at the end of it, you're just like, what was the fucking point of having that kid? Like, I had to watch it die, too. Like, I could have just gotten a good Tamagotchi or some sort of nano pet. Because uh, you get to go through a whole life cycle in that, and then you get to up, oh, upkeep. Oh, what a reward. It's turning into something different. But you don't have to actually attend a funeral, because then you got to go to Costco and find a casket. Uh, <laughs> discount, discount caskets. You have a very familiar face. Has anybody ever told you that uh, you look like your parents? <laughs> Just came up with that right there. Solid gold. You guys could use that in your regular life. Oh my goodness. Fish in a blender. Fish is coming up. I, I feel so wasteful every time I throw these on the floor. Uh, I'm one of those people that just keeps trash in their pockets. Uh, and then at the end of the day, I just go like this, and then I put it on my desk. Uh, and, and then I'm just like, okay, I'll leave this here for four days and then just wait for a complaint to come from up top, which is my girlfriend. Uh, just like, you wait for management to deal with the problem, then the menial workers can get the shit done. Uh, and that's how it is. It's just like, oh, yeah. Decision from up top. I don't. Uh, something about fish. What was the fish thing? Fish in a blender. Fish in a blender. We really should have some uh, quality control on those. <laughs> You're a turd. Right there. It predicted that I was going to be mean again. Right there. You're a turd, which still hurts. Still hurts. To this day, there's still words that could be said to you, like, sure, all the, all the top-level ones that you're not supposed to call anybody anymore. Uh, like, like, even stuff that was cool in high school was not cool anymore. Uh, and even if it was in between friends. And now, now you just got to call someone a turd. And that person has to feel like a turd. And you remember what turds were back in the day. Turds haven't existed since 1994. Like, everybody's been taking shit since then. But turds were something that came from a different era. It was like old shit. The shit that didn't have good fiber in it. The shit that struggled to get through the end of the... It was like a, like Andy Dufresne in Shawshank. The shit that just had to come, like, swim through the... To get to the other side. Uh... And you never come up clean, but that's what a turd is. And then you don't want to be that anymore. And now like, I'd rather have someone just call me a worse word. <laughs> is comedy real art? <laughs> it's like, uh, I feel like comedy, uh, especially in the way that we've all experienced it tonight, uh, is sort of like, 
I'm not going to say just macaroni, but all pastas of art, uh, which is different as a visual form, pasta art, probably not so appreciated around the world, right? <laughs> like you see, like you see a nice fucking macaroni necklace that has like some real work put to it. And you're just like, wow, this is something I could, I could appreciate. I don't want it. Like, I don't want that to be for me. Of course I wouldn't want that looks fucking miserable to make, but that's a cool necklace. Like that's, that's the most comedy. It's just like, it's a passing, hey, that didn't make me feel worse. And that's it, that's it. That's the best comedy can do. Like art, you can look, I, my old job, they had, they had a, a, a painting or it was a, it was a photo print of a painting, but that's, that's good enough for me. Uh, but they had, and it, it was, like a whole bunch of different old white guys and they were wearing tall red pointy hats. Maybe this is a famous painting. No, I don't know. And they were saying, go to this, go to this museum. I don't know any of the museums, uh, but go to this museum, look at this. And I was just staring at it in the office at work. And I saw it and I was like, that's stupid. It's dumb. I don't like this. I don't know why that's up there. I don't know why I'm right here, standing in this moment, looking at this fucking thing right here. What is it with my life that I am standing here having this thought about this thing that I don't even need to look at? Why did that guy have to paint any of this? <laughs> but that's part, that part's pretty nice. Oh, I kind of like the shape of that thing. <sighs> All right. Is this what feeling is? And then in that moment, you're like, oh shit, do I have feelings now? Am I a person? Did I just become a person by looking at that photograph of a painting? But with comedy, it's just like, wow, what a, what amazing spaghetti art you made. Uh, sure, I'll have it up on my wall because you're six years old and I don't want to make you feel worse about your life decisions, but it's fucking macaroni art. <laughs> and this is something that I do every day. So why go through the trouble? Uh, the last time I sexually harassed someone. <laughs> We'd have to pick categories. <laughs> Male, female. Human, non-human. Uh, what do you mean? Like that's the that's that's the last six years. Like I, I haven't been too sexual out in public in my life, Pam. Uh, I'm not the type of person that sees another person's like I got something to say to them that somebody else hasn't said that's gonna make them like me. I don't have that. There's nothing. They have to come up to me. And then we have an awkward conversation for several times and then they have to Facebook message me like a week later and ask if we want to hang out. And I'm like, oh, they just want to be friends. I know that. That's the friend game. I know how it's going. But it, and then it evolves to a relationship. I've done that three times now, last six years. Um, so pretty much when I sexually harass, uh, it's usually people that are walking their dogs. And it's not the people walking their dogs. I harass the dogs. I see a dog coming down the street. I'm like, look at that face. Ooh, you think you got a face going on there? Look at that shake. Look at that tail. Ooh, 
wagging that tail. Such a happy dog. And then I don't even make eye contact with a walker because I'm just like, I don't want them to think that this is me transmitting what I want to say to them to that thing that's furry. No, I'm, I'm feeling everything for that thing right there. But when you tell somebody... Like in front of the dog, in front of the person, like, oh my God, you're so much better than people. Then they know like, oh, he's not a sexual harasser. He's just kind of weird. And that's better. <laughs> Can't sexual harass online? I don't know what I would write. I don't even know how to say hi in a way that, like even hi, when, when you get to a certain point in your lack of confidence in your life, you realize that even hi feels like sh sexual harassment from you, like coming from you. Because I could say hi to a woman that I want to say a lot of other, I want other things to happen with that woman that I'm saying hi to. Uh, but at the same time, I know that I can't say anything else other than that hi. Basically, this whole thing was me saying I'm innocent. Uh, so if anything comes up in the next five years, uh, anything comes up in the next five years, just remember, character witnesses right here. Uh, well, he said he wouldn't do it, and he seemed genuine. He was sweating. Uh, help me. All right. Which, more people should say that, just in life. Don't expect help, but... You know, when someone's like, hey, how's it going? Just be like, help me. <laughs> no, you all right, man? Help me. No, I'm just like, uh, what's, what's going Help me. No, dude, I just like, I was, what do you, what do you need help? Me. And then they walk away and they're like, oh, God damn. I hope that guy gets some help. <laughs> and it's fine. But anyway, I'm going to stop talking. You guys have listened. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Keep your hands clapping for FC Sierra and all the amazing comedians you saw tonight. Uh, this was a lot of fun. We have the Hell Hat every third Friday of the month. Uh, the fourth Friday of the month is always Hell in a Handbasket, uh, which is a little different, but kind of the same. It's like chopped, but with baskets. Very similar to this, but also very different. Thank you, guys. Thank you, real audience people, for coming and laughing and listening to our jokes. And uh, come to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 1st through 5th. Thanks. Bye-bye. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? 
will gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the internet ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> everybody listen to the weekly review with roman every friday from noon to 2 p.m this is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program we interview community organizers activists and artists we talk about ways you can take action right now so listen in to the weekly review every friday from noon to 2 p.m Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics, it's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for me every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. 
it seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening. We've had a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, yo, yo. few cannabis vape lounges yo, Mike, in San Francisco. Yeah, that's good. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for yo, 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 yo. adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at yo, 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 yo. Both locations are open until 10 yo, yo, yo. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. 
I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscope. Some, some live on the air. You know, live music's always the best music. Cool. And now, Kelly Gordon. I'm just kidding. Why don't you sing? I don't know. I'll sing. You just, you just go ahead. Go ahead. You do something. We're going to have Albert on the uh, accordion. We're going to have Barb on the drums. She's just going to hit things. She, she can just, like, uh, play drums on anything. Say, so check it out. We got these. Uh, these. Okay, go ahead. I'm waiting. We're still waiting. Just play that fucking thing, dude. You take it to the give. Give me that. Give me that goddamn guitar. Give me that guitar. No, you don't want to play it. All right. What, what song? Let's do a cover or something. Let's do a cover. Hey, pig. Yeah, you. Hey, pig, 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 piggy, pig, pig. Gonna do. Busted back and broken bones. Left me standing here all alone. Little piggy gonna find something new. Gonna stop me now. I don't care anymore. Nothing gonna stop me now. Nothing gonna stop me now. I don't care anymore. Nothing gonna stop me now. Hey, pig. Things didn't work out like we planned. Hey, pig, there's a lot of things I thought you could help me understand. What am I supposed to do? Nothing gonna stop me now. I don't care anymore. Nothing gonna stop me now. I don't care. 
Nothing gonna stop me now. I don't care anymore. Nothing gonna stop me now. Well, there you go. Kelly, now it's your turn. That was Nine Inch Nails. It, was, it goes out to all you pigs out there. You know who you are. You can play anything. Hendrix, The Doors, one of your own things. You could just play some blues. Let's do some blues. That'd be cool. It's up to you. No, that was cool. Let's let's roll with that. It's so out of tune. No, it's just so in tune. Just just roll with it. Try, just try, baby. You gotta play some rhythm there. I can't sing over that shit. I can't, I can't no, do the rhythm. No, you, you're just as loud as I can do. You're floored. All right, hey, thanks for listening to Roxy Roller Radio Show. If you want to just play on your own, though, I'm gonna let you do that shit. I'm gonna go uh, sample that merchandise. And uh, so just like play, you wanna play anything you want? You, are you just over it? Oh, yeah, it's You could play. I'm just saying, I just won't sing over it. What? You feel it? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to play? No, I do. Uh, not, not on that thing, dude. It's no we should go like get the piano going, too. Let's get a jam going. What do you think? Yeah, that's perfect. All right. Oh, I guess I should play one more song, then. We in OT. We'll go walking with the beast, right? One of my favorite songs by Gun Club. Hey, Albert, that shit was fucking weird. What? You fucking... You, you, mm. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? I just ate some. That was LSD, was? Oh shit! It's hey, good. it's good. It's chill, man. Yeah, nice dreams. Okay. Yeah, oh, hey, I'm gonna. I'm just, why isn't this shit working, dude? It sucks. Come on, man. Oh, here we go. Why isn't what working? Yeah, I don't know. This song should like this should hey, be can going. I read these song we should have music off? going. Hey, this Rox, is terrible. Rocks, can I read these song titles off? Yeah, this, go for it. So I found this Jimi Hendrix album, right, in the used section at Thrill House Records. Right. And um, I love getting the off stuff. And you know, they have legal problems with Jimi Hendrix and his, you know, the family. And you know, he signed all these bad contracts. That's true. So I have, I got this one. It's like from Italy, and it sounds like he's in like a lounge. You can hear the glasses like cheering and sh- you okay. know whatnot. And it's cool, like late at night. But this one I found. Like Red House, okay. On side one, it's Red House. We, right. we know Red House. There's a Red House over yonder. But yeah. Do you know these rocks? Wipe the sweat. Whoa, a. Hey, I had go I, go shoes under the table. I think I have part that one, dude. Part one. Don't get don't get cocky. Part one, dude. I'm not, not getting two. cocky. I'm just saying I think I got that one. Side two, Groove Maker or Groove Maker, baby. Right. That's what Jimmy Hendrix would say. People's people. He, he beat a Groove Maker. Hey, rocks. You ready for Murderer's Row right here? You're from New York. You're from the Bronx, right? Yankees. Yeah, absolutely. You ready for Jimi Hendrix's Murderer's Row? You know, I don't think the Yankees, I guess, so what was that? Like Lou Gehrig and like... Uh, Babe, Babe Ruth. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. But you ready for Jimmy's on side two? People's... Why not? People's Peoples. I know blues, that song. Blues Blues. Lime Lime. 
and she's a fox. Dude, Jimmy's a poet. Feet, what can you say? I mean, I don't know. That's just like, he just mailed that in, but it's cool how it's like, whoa. You no, know, you should check this thing whoa, out. A um, one song title, dude. There's like, uh, it's from 1965, I think, like before Jimmy kind of did it. And it's like these two guys dancing. They seem really happy. They like each other a lot. And he's like one of these oh. backup guys. So I'm going to try to punch up that video. Or I'll try to send it to you. But um, what were we going to play anyway? Oh. Uh, Play uh, some Jimmy, dude. That's cool. No, I already put a Neon Lobster on. Okay, Neon Lobster. Bloody stunt, dude. Do it. This thing ain't turning around, dude. Yeah, I'll do it. No, that's cool. You know how to do it. No, the, the light went off. Okay, cool. Like this? Just do it. No, it's feedback again, that's dude. That's not it. That's not it. Come on, brother. You want me to? Oh, here, I'll got it. Oh, sorry. My bad. There you go. What'd you do? I did that. Well, whatever. Good job. Right? Is it a 45? Yes, sir. Okay, cool. So we're going to hear one more song because he did bring in this like lovely vinyl. So we'll just say we figured we'd play a little bit before we head out. Head out to the highway. We've got nothing to lose at all. That's cool. It's like an industrial thing. All right, off, dude. dude. You're not gonna turn off. There we go. Okay, cool. That's not it, huh? All right, this is a great band called Leftover Crack.
morning. You're listening to Song and Bone at Radio Valencia.fm. That was Todd Rundgren with the track Marlene from his Something Anything album. Uh, it's good to be back with you. Happy Sunday. It's a cold and foggy one here in San Francisco. Anyway, I've got a lot of great music packed into the next two hours, so without delay, let's listen. This is Casey Shea. Wake up, grab a brush and put a little makeup. Hide the scars to fade away the shake-up. Hide the scars to fade away the light to leave the keys upon the table. You wanted to Here you go, create another fable. You wanted to But I don't think you trust.
could hear my jacket just now. Sorry about that. Uh, that was Laurie McKenna, and the song was The Bird in the Rifle from her album, The Bird in the Rifle. And that song uh, it gives me the chills every time I hear it. Before that, we heard Susan Vega uh, with Lover Beloved from her Lover Beloved songs from an evening with Carson McCullers' album, and that song was co-written by Duncan Sheik. We also heard The Flaming Lips uh, with The Sound of Failure, Kevin Morby with The Dead, They Don't Come Back, uh, Robert Lester Folsom with April Suzanne from his Music and Dreams album. It's been a few weeks since we've heard Robert Lester Folsom, and I think that's a few weeks too many. And at the start, we heard Chop Suey by Casey Shea. All right, you're listening to Song and Bonnet Radio, Valencia.fm. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to make some more noise with my jacket. My apologies again. Uh, up next, uh, we're going to hear from Israel Nash. And uh, thank you, Jody, for turning me on to his music a couple of years back. Um, if you haven't checked him out, the album Israel Nash's Silver Season is a spectacular album. And here's a cut from that album. Enjoy.
the toll Dick's paying up through the great southwest If you get her Sally went down to Peru with a boy who played lonely music on kazoo through her window. Tony played the blue kazoo as they roamed. of Peru, Sally loved him. Money makes the world go round when you have 
you find yourself down in Peru with a poor boy like Tony. Oh, what do you do? Tony played the blue kazoo in the back room while Sally entertained a few. Did you happen to see the most beautiful girl? 